We'll try again. Uh, welcome to the service for the third time. Um, just to let you know that next week's service will be the same as we've got this week. But the 15th of August, uh, those of you mostly will already know because I've sent it in email, we'll be having an outside service in the school grounds where there will be no Zoom and no uh, live stream or anything like that. But there will be plenty of room for everybody to, to come if they wish to. Uh, so there's no problems from that point of view. Um, on the 22nd, 29th of August, 5th of September, we'll be back in church again, similar to what we're doing today. And then on the 12th of September, we'll be back into the school grounds for a celebration service where it will be the start of the reopening of the church. And then after that, on the 19th of September and thereafter, we should be hopefully back to the normal in the church in the pre-pandemic format. Whilst we're in church here, this is here today we can allow singing but please do it only wearing a mask and that normal speaking voice not proper for those of you at home we'll be having a communion today so if you haven't got anything ready please uh, be ready for that like to welcome Dave Thurston, who's going to be speaking to us today. And the way things are going at the moment, we'll be able to hear him, but I'm not sure about you at home. We will see how it goes. Um, finally, can all of you please stand while Brian just brings in the Bible? Right, over to you, Dave. Great to see Edna, um, all the way from the northeast. Uh, lovely for Edna to join us. So uh, what we'll do is we'll open um, with a prayer as a call to worship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, in spite of all the technical hitches, for this opportunity to come together and to worship you and to pray to you and to listen to your word. And Lord, we pray that you will be here, that we will feel your spirit flowing through this place, but also wherever we are, either watching in on Zoom. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, so we're going to start with a song. Um, and uh, whatever, I'm not looking at Carol here, honestly. Whatever your normal speaking voice is, is the uh, is the level of singing that you're allowed to do um, within the um, within the church? The first one, we bow down.
For those of you uh, out on uh, Zoom land, um, those of us in church sung along to that as though we were singing to a LP, which had a skipping track on it. But um, for those of you who are old enough to remember that. So let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, thinking back over the last week, thinking back to the times when we felt you really close, thinking back to the times where perhaps we wandered away from you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all of those times where you have guided us. You have given us strength through your presence and through your spirit. But Lord, we come here in confession for those times when we didn't follow you. Those times when we were less obedient servants. Lord, we bring those before you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now we'll say the Lord's Prayer. Um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I'll hand over to Brian for birthdays. Hello. Don't raise your voice too much. Um, it's that time of the week again uh, where I say, does anybody have any birthdays that we can sing along to? Uh, so hopefully we won't have any technical problems with this bit of music, but we'll see. Does anybody on Zoom have any birthdays this week? No, we're all looking at you. Now I'm looking out here to say, does anybody have any birthdays this week? A very efficient week. There we go. So alas, there are no birthdays this week. So I'll hand you back now to David to introduce the Bible readings. That's me. Right. Okay, so we're going to have our Bible readings now. The first um, from Psalm 49 um, from Steve, and uh, the second one, Luke 12 from Helen. First reading is Psalm 49, verses 1 to 12. Hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all who live in this world, both low and high, rich and poor alike. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The mediation of my heart, the meditation of my heart will give you to you understanding. I will turn my ear to a proverb. With the harp, I will expound my riddle. Why should I fear when evil days come, when wicked deceivers surround me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of their great riches? 
No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough so that they should live on forever and not see decay. For all I can see that the wise, for all I all can see that the wise die, that the foolish and the senseless also perish, leaving their wealth to others. Their tombs will remain in their houses forever, their dwellings for endless generations, though they had named lands after themselves. People, despite their wealth, do not endure. They are like the beasts that perish. Um, This is Luke 12, verses 13 to 21, and it's entitled The Parable of the Rich Fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Some people read the notice sheet or the website to find out what the talk's about. Today's is called Bronze, Silver and Gold. So you probably think I'm going to talk about the Olympics. And you'd be wrong. So what's it all about? Many of you know I used to be in a rock and roll band playing keyboards. Over the years that we played, the personnel changed, but there was a common element. The bass players tended to be miserable. The bass player tended to be the person who, when asked whether they were a glass half full or glass half empty person, said, I don't even have a glass. One of them was a very good player, but he was also very careful, let's say, with his money. 
he would say that he was trying to find a way of taking his money with him when he died. I guess like the pharaohs in Egypt who surrounded themselves with their possessions and their pyramids. But the bass player would say, I suppose where I'm going, the paper money will burst into flames as soon as I arrive. He was in the fortunate position to be able to accumulate money. Many of us aren't. Many of us read Charles Dickens' famous quote from Mr. McCorber. Annual income, £20. Annual expenditure, £19.19 and six. Result, happiness. Annual income, £20. Annual expenditure, £20 and sixpence. Result, misery. And think that having money in the bank must result in happiness. I am conscious that there are accountants present. So perhaps I should clarify. Let's look at the reading from Luke. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Well, there was a general rule that an elder son received double a younger one's portion. Disputes over such matters were normally settled by rabbis. Jesus had been talking about really big issues, warnings and encouragements about the Holy Spirit and everything. If you just look at a few verses beforehand and then suddenly this man brings it all down to money. And wants Jesus to arbitrate like a normal rabbi. So Jesus replies, man, who appointed me a judge, an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, Jesus's definition of abundance of possessions is surely completely dwarfed by what abundance of possessions can mean now. But surely that would mean that the very richest people in the world should be the very happiest. Jeff Jeff Bezos, currently the richest man in the world, just got divorced. Bill Gates, formerly the richest man in the world, is going through a divorce. We're told that part of the reason is he wouldn't let his wife write the annual speech for the foundation. These don't seem like wonderfully happy lives, do they? And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yield an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store the surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Some people know the last verse of, last part of verse 19, as eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. And in part, that comes from the next verse, because God said he was a fool 
This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? But Jesus is not actually saying, blow all your money and possessions now because you'll die. But actually, storing up loads of possessions is pointless. The phrase, this very night, your life will demanded from you, actually means this guy's going to die. So the challenge that Jesus is saying here is, you've very, made a very nice, comfortable life, but what good is that when you die? This is how it will be with whoever stores up these things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So what is this reading saying to us today? Jesus isn't saying that having money in the bank is a bad thing, nor is having lots of money. The issue here is what you do with that money. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, I don't have much money. This applies to other people. But even those of us with very little money are quite rich compared to people in other countries. We listen to stories of people living on less than a dollar a day. But unless you've actually seen that, as I did when I visited Kenya some years ago, you really don't know what that's like. I remember feeling embarrassed meeting a family crammed into a windowless shack who daily live on less than I would spend on a cup of coffee. I'm sure we remember the story of the widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put two small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to them, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, that poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. So how do we use what God has given us? Do we seek to pile up treasure for ourselves? Is generosity our habit? Or does compassion take a back seat in our personal desires. Another subtle issue is raised here. We tend to hoard our possessions because we're convinced that this life is all there is. At least that's the view of the culture that feeds us. Eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow you die also implies there's no future with God, no sense of values. It's a now or never approach. The point of the passage calls us for us to think about how we make choices in what we do, as well as the perspective of those choices. The proper use of the resources raises important questions. Resources aren't just money, but in a wider sense in the global environment. We must ask ourselves about the basic resources of the earth. Is it right for some parts of the world to consume vast amounts of food food, 
and other, with other resources when others have little. Do we need the convenience of bottled water drawn from an area which deprives those living there of water? It's a bit selfish, isn't it, really? The rich fool's error was his desire to provide only for himself. Jesus doesn't condemn the use of our resources to the benefit of family and for others. While we need not always provide the best or most expensive item, we should not ignore making wise and responsible provisions for future generations. The fundamental test for the use of these resources is whether they become a way in which we can better serve God. These readings, although it's a simple parable, actually ask some different questions. How do I feel about what God has given to me? Is it mine? Am I a steward of what has come my way? Am I generous? Do I take the things God has given to me and store them up for my own purpose? Do I seek to grab what others have? Both the wise use of resources and the absence of greed are here. So the implication of this passage is beyond simply what we do with what we have. It's how we relate to others and what we leave for them. A test of our heart is how we give. Are we generous or are we hoarders? So, don't be like the rich fool. Think about the time, the resources that you have and the choices that you make when you shop. And, of course, what you do with those mountains of bronze, silver and gold. Amen. Oh, if I could find my order of service, then I'd tell you what was happening next. So uh, we're now going to sing, Show Me the Way.
through the darkness I think for us in the church the torch was flickering a little bit but there we are Um, so Stuart is going to share our prayers for local community and wider world let's pray together Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to pray for your world and for those in it that we know and those that we don't. We thank you for the message from your word that's taught us this morning how to use our resources and how to think about uh, what we should do with what we have. And so we pray, especially this morning, for wisdom for your, for the leaders in the world, for those who make big decisions, but also for ourselves. We pray, Lord, for that godly wisdom from you of how best to use the resources we have. We pray for justice in this world. We pray for those in this country and across the world who do live on less than a pound a day and lord help us as your church to know how to serve those people we pray for an equal use of resources throughout the world and even though we've experienced this week some pretty awful weather we pray for those nations where even a slight change in this in the weather causes huge problems mostly the most poor in our world, those who experience flooding and drought and famine. Lord, help us to work towards a better world for all. And we pray for those uh, organisations that we have connections with who are working in these areas, and particularly this morning we lift you water aid, Christian aid, compassion and Lord in our country those who work with the poorest we thank you for the work of people like the Salvation Army and all churches who stand with the poor in this nation and we thank you that we can come with our prayers for each other We thank you 
for this church here and the churches in Birchwood. We pray for revival here in this area. We want to see people come to know you, that their lives would be changed. That we would see transformation in our community. That we would see your kingdom come here in Birchwood and throughout this nation and throughout the world. But Lord, often it starts with us and our prayers. So we pray you keep us faithful. You help us. You guide us by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for those who we know today, those who are fearful, those who are ill, those who feel a bit lost this morning. We pray for them in a moment of quiet. Surround them with your love, meet their needs, bless them and keep them, we pray. We offer these prayers, living and loving God, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So now we come to communion, and um, hopefully those of you at home have uh, got some bread and wine or something similar. Um, For those in the church, um, we have these wonderful pre-packed, or perhaps you might have brought your own. Some people have brought their own. Okay. So... um, so the way these pre-packed ones work is that uh, it's a bit like a Muller Light, but smaller and less tasty. Um, so um, so, uh, so you have to peel off the top cellophane, like so, and uh, there is your wafer. And then um, you peel off the bottom um, for the wine. Jesus was often a guest. He shared many meals with his friends. And they long remembered his words at the table, though some disapproved of the company he kept. Jesus ate and drank with all kinds of people and showed everyone the love of God. Wherever people met together, Jesus was glad to be welcomed and to be fed. Today, we are the guests of Jesus. He welcomes us, whoever we are, whatever we bring. And he feeds us at his table, old or young, rich or poor, joyful or in sorrow, Jesus invites us to share bread and wine with him to remember the story of his life and death, and to celebrate his presence with us today. On the night 
before he died, Jesus shared a meal with 12 of his disciples in an upstairs room in Jerusalem. The gospel writer tells us what happened that night. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Then he took the cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and all of them who drank it said, he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God. We are the friends and disciples of Jesus today. He invites us to break bread together and remember him and pray that God's kingdom come, will come. So we each take the bread. Eat this bread. It is the bread of life. Drink this wine. It is the cup of blessing. Jesus said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and the servant of all. And he took a little child and he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, for one who sent me. Let us, socially distanced, greet one another with a sign of the peace. I think we'll probably call that the wave of the peace. But um, Let us pray. Loving God, you have fed us generously at this table. As we have remembered Jesus and rejoiced that he is with us today, we are ready now to follow him and to be your people in the world. So um, we're going to finish with a song which is going to be difficult to sing behind masks, but there we are, we're going to give it a go. Uh, For those at uh, home, I'm sure you're going to sing much louder than we are. To God be the glory. Thank you.
saw some people on their feet in here, um, obviously not singing very loud. And I saw some people on the screen, obviously singing very loud. And that was great. So we will finish with the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the love, the love of, of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Be with us all. Amen. Amen. Amen.